Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Let's Talk More. Hope to see you here next week, Monday, for a brand new episode. And don't forget, check the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a Raven review so that the podcast can be pushed to a wider audience. I'll see you here next week. This is your host, Sinclair Vaughn. We are we back with another episode, and this is episode two of Let's Talk More. And um, you know the drill. This is your host, Sinclair Vaughn. And um, we here. We here and we live and we're ready to go. So first things first is, how y'all doing? I hope when you guys are listening to this, y'all are hitting that subscribe button. Y'all are leaving reviews. Y'all are telling your girl, is she doing it for you or is she not doing it for you. I mean, it's only episode two, but you know, still give me your opinion. Episode one dropped. You guys should have heard it by now. And um, yeah, let's jump into this week's first segment we got up is let's talk the music industry and female artists. One particular female artist in rotation right now is Megan The Stallion. Love her. She's a fan favorite over here at the Let's Talk More podcast. That's my girl, Tina Snow. I love her. Um, I love her flow. I think her amounts of women empowerment in her lyrics really brings to the forefront of how we as women should be able to talk about our sexually liberated behaviors like it's a regular conversation. 90% of the times we feel like our relationships, I'm sorry, y'all, church is about to start. They just, you see, you hear them beeping in here? Yeah. But um, <laughs> back to, to the, the topic at hand is Megan Thee Stallion um, has not been hiding the fact that her and her label 1501 Certified Entertainment is actually having issues um, with the deal that they signed with her when she first came out. I feel like since we've known Megan from Tina Snow to the Megan today, um, she's been fighting this battle to get out of her label and suing and making sure that she stand up for herself. A lot of times the music industry, I don't have, and this is a disclaimer, I don't have knowledge of the music industry per se, but I have not been living under a rock either. Oftentimes you hear stories that the music industry um, gives bad deals when they sign artists, reputable artists like Prince, Alicia Keys, um, maybe Beyonce, we don't know. You know, we all know what her deal looked like. Nicki Minaj, you know, um, back in the day when Nicki Minaj and Remy went at it, Remy alleged that, you know, Nicki signed a 360 deal and didn't get really anything out of it. Um, And I think for the non-musician loving people who don't really want to know what's going on behind the scenes, 
we need to address it behind the scenes. So we're going to talk about Megan Thee Stallion, and then we're going to talk about money love, um, because I just recently found out some things, and so we're going to get into it today. So in today's um, episode, we're also going to talk about um, Carisha Please and her new podcast. And some thoughts that I have about it, because we need to talk more about it, right? These are the things that are happening right now in pop culture, as well in society, social media, all that good stuff. We're being exposed to these new things. So let's talk more about it. So um, about a week ago, Megan Thee Stallion released her album, and she stated on Twitter, we're almost out, which is a legend that her and her label... 1501 is actually almost to the end of their lawsuit where they could part ways and she can go ahead and do what she got to do. Now, I was impressed with that because I'm going to tell you this, right? Oftentimes as women, we don't know how to stand up for ourselves in what is called a man's world. And her album was called um, Traumazine. A traumazine, meaning like a, you know, a play on words, like traumatized, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Megan uh, the Stallion has hinted at the struggles of putting out music under her record label. On Wednesday evening, the Houston rapper jumped on Twitter to interact with fans and address the conflict, saying that she's been having to go to court just to put out her art. Megan has been grappling with legal drama with her label, 1501, Certified Entertainment. Earlier this year, she filed a lawsuit against 1501, alleging that the label claims that her October mixtape, something for the hotties, doesn't meet the definition of an album and therefore doesn't count towards the quota necessary to fulfill her contract. Basically, the jargon is tie you up in court so you don't release money. That's an old adage of anybody, whether it's music, um, TV, whatever. Let me tell you, even in companies, even in corporate America, that shit happens. Whenever you hear somebody say, oh, I'm a sue this company and this company's like, okay, go ahead. We got all the backing we could do. So we're going to tie you up in legal fees because you ain't going to win. Basically, that's the gist of it. Corporations have been doing it for years to the little people. And here we're now seeing it more spoken about with people like Megan the Stallion and also with the young lady Money Love. And we'll get to her in a second, but I don't know if the hotties have been listening to the new Megan the Stallion, but I have. And I like Megan the Stallion. Um I think we need Megan the Stallion. We do. As a people and especially women. I feel like women we need we do need that Megan the Stallion persona especially when women are coming into this empowerment movement of owning their sexuality, um, standing up for themselves, addressing issues that really matter to them. Like that is the reason why I think we need the Megan Thee Stallions. And of course with um, her label, like blocking everything that she's trying to put out there, it causes a lot of issues when you know, we want to hear her music. We want to hear what she got to say. So let me say what her um, titles are, which really leads to us saying, go Megan and we're cheering for Megan. Now, I always tell you guys, 
when I come here, I do not come here to bash or placate or do anything to that effect. What I do come here to do is to discuss these things in more detail and give a different perspective for someone who is not in these industries, who is not in these sectors, but has an opinion on all that is going on out there in the world that we're consuming. She got NDA, Ungrateful, featuring Key, key Glock, excuse me, Not Nice, Budget, featuring Lotto. I love me some big lot also. She also have her, Gift and a Curse, Miss Nasty, Who Me featuring Pooh Shiesty, Red Wine, Scary featuring Rico Nasty, Anxiety, which is my favorite song on the album, Flip Flop, Consistency featuring Janae Aiko. And I love this one too, Consistency, um, because it's, it really is a great song. Star featuring Lucky Day, Precious feature in future, plan B, of course, and we've been hearing that all summer, you know, it's a plan B, we've been hearing it, you know what I'm saying, like, we've been hearing the song. Yeah, we've heard, we've heard the song, right, and it's a familiar song, so we know that, okay, she put it on the album, and then she ends off with Southside Royalty Freestyle, um, and then Sweetie, Sweetest Pie is her last um, song on the album with Dua Lipa. She has 18 songs on Traumazine, trauma and it's really great. The music is really great. Um, I wish her well in this endeavor. I hope that she comes out completely on top because God is great. God is great. He's almighty. He is forever blessing and ordaining us to walk a path that we need to walk. And even though some people might say, oh, you know what? They wrong, you know, putting their business out there. But I'm going to tell you something. In today's society, in the modern times, it's really great that people are educating on the shit that's going on behind the scenes that we've known about, we've heard rumors about, but we've never really seen anyone really come out and have a conversation or give more. Like recently, Beyonce dropped her first act of Renaissance. Now, I fucks with B. That's, that's my sis. That's the Virgo in me that fucks with Beyonce. I'm not a beehive, but I am a Beyonce fan. I love her music. She gives it tenfold. And as a Virgo, channeling her Virgo, Beyonce worked very fucking hard. We may not address that much, but you cannot take away from the fact. The famous um, Virgos that we all, if we got to know a lot of them and look back at how their dedication, their drive, has actually um, showed how great they are to the people outside that is in taking their creative side. Michael Jackson was a Virgo. And a lot of times Beyonce gets a lot of backlash for being aggressive with her music, allowing her music to come out and show that she's not here to dim her light, but actually evolve. And Michael Jackson did that in the 80s um, for his artist, for his creative um, drive and the people that are out there that are consuming his work. Like Michael Jackson 
upheld this standard of empowerment in a different way, even though, you know, there was the negative on him trying to touch on little boys and that kind of thing. But apart from all that has happened over the years, Michael Jackson has given to this um, world something that we can never get back because his creativity, the way that he portrayed his music and his soul in his music has allowed people to like fall out at concerts and, you know, cry and because they've, they've embodied what his art stood for. And I love that, you know, we could see artists today like Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion, um, even Nicki Minaj putting out this art that women who relate to the music love to see that nice empowerment and that stuff now i'm a i'm a throw drake in there because he's not a woman but drake makes music for women if you really sat down and listened to drake's music he is not a lover boy for the men he is a lover boy for the girls he's like i know my core audience and I know who I am, and this is what's going to happen. I've listened to some of his old things, his old music, like driving in the car and just sitting there and just listening to the lyrics. And it's really impressive that, you know, he's a fuckboy. Drake musically is a fuckboy. And we, the women, love the summer anthems. We love the captions that he gives us for our pictures on social media and Instagram. Um, we love that, right? We love that. Now, when Beyonce came out with this new album, she got some backlash because one, she got backlash for saying um, what is considered a derogative word because Lizzo used it in her um, music. She apologized for it. She took that out. Beyonce did the same thing, apologized for it, took that out of her music. But the the gist of things is that Beyonce sampled, like Beyonce's album, Act One, is literally a sample for every single song. She has sampled someone else's beats, someone else's music. The controversy is she sampled Khalees' song where Khalees was tied up with some issues with Pharrell and Neptune. And it really shows that we don't have um, respect. We don't. We don't have the ability to have the respect for others and their craft. Um, Khalees got a lot of backlash because, I mean, at the end of the day, our first initial thing is to say, um, oh, Khalees is mad why she always got to be on the internet just oh she got an apology she got this she got that it's not that it's like usually the principle of shit and i think a lot of times we are forgetting how to be the principle of shit we don't want to own up to our mistakes we don't want to own up to the image that beyonce may not be who she seems to be for people you know um all Khalees was saying is like hey if you're going to sample the song, like, call me. You know how to reach me. You know who to get in contact with in the music industry to give me heads up and be like, hey, girl, you know, I'm about to sample this song. And, um, you know, let me let me know what you think and then go from there. I think uh, the roundabout way that we see Beyonce's camp not really saying anything is because 
it's Beyonce. Matter of fact, it's Beyonce and they don't want to drive negativity too much towards her. They, they, all they worried about is the money. They're also worried about the fact that, you know, act two, three, and four still has to come out. And we don't even know what the fuck they gonna sound like because at the end of the day, we have no clue who she sampled over there. But like I said, the, the, um, the genre of music that she's moved into, Beyonce, I think is really great. Megan Thee Stallion, I think when we think about how many albums she's pushed out just to fulfill her contract with 1501, just to get out of it, I want to see Tina Snow. I'd like be honest with you, I don't even want to hear Megan Thee Stallion. When, when she comes out off of her label, that first album off of that label, I want that first single to sound like fucking Tina Snow. I don't even want it to be Megan Thee Stallion. I want it to be her saying the shit that she want to say to the point where we all just be like, we so happy you off that motherfucking label. That's what I want. I want Tina Snow. I don't want Megan Thee Stallion. Tina Snow has really embodied and captured my attention when I first heard those um, earlier Megan Thee Stallion records. That's who I was looking for in all of her music. And I find like some of the albums, she didn't bring Tina Snow. And that's who I want to see. Um, now let's jump into Money Love. Money Love, if you don't know, um, her name is Priscilla. And she was actually a YouTuber. And she was putting out her music. She got a record deal. Um, she did a lot before we knew hours and hours and hours, baby, that thing, they ran that thing up on the damn radio. You couldn't turn the channel on the radio on un unless you heard, um, hours and hours from money love. Like literally, I didn't even know, remember who she was. And I don't think a lot of you do know who money love is, but click the link in the show notes because there is going to be the link to the YouTube video that actually shows who Money Love is before she was Money Love. Um, I hate that in the music industry, dark-skinned women who have talent are overlooked because of their skin tone and it doesn't appeal, it doesn't sell records because they don't have the look. You know, you have to have that look because back in the day, um, it was all about that look, what the woman should look like. She should be either fair skin, light skin, you know, that kind of way in order for her to make it in the industry, like people to see her as a sex symbol. And I think as, as we go from that old ideology and come into this new era of feminism, modern way of doing things, the internet and technology has advanced so much that we as a people are allowed to see things differently and show that we can use different platforms to promote our creative self. We got TikTok that's blowing up. We got um, Instagram with reels and the videos, YouTube shorts and that kind of thing because technology is approaching a different perspective where it's accessible to everyone now. So if you're an artist, you got things like SoundCloud. You know, SoundCloud is for the undiscovered. If you um, want to know who you are, you put shit on SoundCloud and you go find people who are musicians and 
talented artists that aren't signed to anything. They have these platforms that they could put their music out and people could recognize them and hopefully they get a record deal from it. I live in um, Nashville, Tennessee, and there are bars on every corner down on Broadway that has a microphone and a stage set up. And there's so many artists that have been discovered in Nashville just to be a country artist musician or not even country music, but just being on the stage for a night and so forth. So there's that old way of going to a bar and see if you could get on their stage. You don't need to do that anymore. You have things like SoundCloud, you have YouTube, you have Instagram, you have TikTok. You can use your own music and put it out there. Money, love. Priscilla. Priscilla was very young and she got caught up in a position where she didn't have the look and her music career suffered. And then also she got ill and um, she has lupus. And so a lot of things have really shown that money love you know, couldn't make it in the music industry because they they backdoored her from doing it. They pushed her into writing famous songs that you, she even wrote a song for Mariah Carey. Do you hear me? She did. And a lot of her music, she's like a Candy from Escape, but she's not at the level of Candy because Candy actually had a career where she could elevate from it. And Candy just know how to get money out the tree. Just like she know what to do. Um, money love, on the other hand, she, um, took it upon herself. Like, Hey, I can't, I, this is what I want to do. I want to be an artist, but I'm not getting it through the, the rap, the proper channels. So I'm going to go ahead and actually put my own shit out. I'm going to take my money and I'm going to put my shit out. She didn't put her shit out as Priscilla. Because that's why a lot of people didn't recognize her. She put her shit out as this new artist, Money Love. I think it's Money Long or Love. I'm saying it wrong. Forgive me. This whole time, I think it's Money Long. M-U-N-I. Yeah, Money Long. And I think that, you know, as we see her transition from Priscilla, this talented, beautiful black woman into Money Long, she went all the way to the top like her music from that song just went booming and i can't wait to hear what she has next on the agenda but we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump into carisha please and then we're gonna um you know just just shit chat and talk about some shit. okay we'll be right back jump into today's topic which is carisha please and um let's talk more about carisha please um, Carisha Please is a new podcast that is hosted by none other than one half of the City Girls, and it is called Carisha Please. Um, so far, she has had two, um, no, three episodes. The first episode was with P. Diddy because he is hosting it um, on his his um, network called Revolt, and she, he's promoting Delion, his tequila, on the show as well. And so, basically, in allegedly, in my opinion, he foot in the bill for the bag, right? Don't fumble the bag now. Don't fumble the bag. Carisha, please, is interesting, um, to say the least. She had Kevin Gates as her second episode. 
something wrong with him Ment- mentally at some place in there. But you got to listen to that episode with Kevin Gates. Um, and then her third episode she had with Saucy Santana and her other member of the City Girls, JT. Um, and I've so far, I've tuned into all three of the episodes. The first episode with P. Diddy was a little cringe for me. And maybe that's because I'm an old head. And um, the first thing you see a, a, a younger girl with an older man, the first thing you're thinking about is that he the sugar daddy. Um, I actually, and I, I know a lot of you probably don't know, but Carisha and JT, when JT came out of jail, they were hosted on a podcast called Horrible Decisions. And Horrible Decisions is ran by Mandy B and Weezy What the F. They are sex positive, um, very open, liberated women in their young, mid, mid, late 20s, early 30s. Um, and they've been friends for a while. And so they hosted Carisha and JT. And I'll tell you this. I didn't like the episode. And I'll tell you why I didn't like the episode. JT was very um, open about what happened in jail. Um, you know, the, it's a sex podcast. So they're asking about sexual stuff. They're asking her about masturbating in jail, if she had a girlfriend, because those are things that people are curious to know, right? Whether she wants to answer them, whether her label tells her what she should and shouldn't say, she she was pretty good. Like JT overall carried the show. Young Miami slash Carisha I wasn't impressed. I really wasn't impressed. And I listened to her and I was like, hearing two women saying freaky shit in their music. They are talking about fucking men and robbing them and, you know, tricking on them and doing all this shit. But here you are on a sex podcast and you're being shy about your favorite sex positions or like just in general about shit. But then fast forward, you drop a little skit about um, Rap Freaks. I think that's the name of the song where caught Diddy's attention because you said, put it on his face and um, good night, Venice Noches or whatever she said in the song. But I'm gonna say this, right? I thought that the Carisha on Horrible Decision, Young Miami, wasn't it. I really did. I was like, girl, you could have fucking stayed home. That's how I felt. Like, I, I thought the, the episode was lackluster, um, especially for Horrible Decisions, because Horrible Decisions is a really funny you know, podcasts where they talk about sexually liberated shit. They talk about all the different types of horrible shit that people do throughout their 20s and, you know, beyond and relationship advice. And they do have great um, people come on, guests come on. But I just felt like the city girls didn't do it for me. Like, I was like, are they city girls? Or is that just the persona to get people to buy your music and buy into that image because that's what it was for me. I was like, wait, are we buying into this image? Cause it don't really, you know, whatever. 
So when she announced Carisha Please, the podcast, I was like, ain't no fucking way I want to listen to this shit because I've already seen you on somebody else's podcast and you ain't even do shit. Like, I could have understood if it was JT, but because you have the look, you're sellable, you are the image that people are going to look to, I feel like that's why they're watching and buying into Carisha, please. Because to me, when I sit there and I listen to her, I'm like, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Every episode so far, I'm still waiting. I think the people who are buying into it are the younger people because, of course, it's geared towards younger 20-somethings. So it's kind of like you're listening to it and you're like, okay, she's asking certain questions, which is great. But I think what really changed my outlook from her was the last episode she did with JT and Saucy Santana. I got to see a different side of her. And I think I was like, okay, if you didn't put out this Carisha Please podcast, would we really know who you are after watching you on Horrible Decisions? I don't think so. I think everyone that watched her on Horrible Decision would have been like, well, damn, what the fuck happened to her? Like, I thought you was a city girl. You out here telling these little young girls how to be city girls. And you up here on this sex podcast where no one is saying to be um, very transparent to the point where you expose yourself. But if I'm a city girl, talk the city girl shit, right? Keep it going. Don't have the momentum for the soft side. Like, come on now, show the image that you've already portrayed as a city girl. And I didn't get it from them on Horrible Decision. So I wasn't trying to subscribe to her, Carisha, please. Now back to the Diddy um first episode it was it felt scripted I don't know if that's how I feel and when I say scripted I'm not saying like somebody's they're feeding her all the information I feel like some of the questions and the answers were geared to wrong the alleged dating relationship that she and Puff Daddy have been portraying prior to her starting and launching Carisha, please. I think a lot of times as we sit and we think about it, we're like, well, damn, go ahead, Carisha. Because all the young girls are like living vicariously through Carisha dating someone like P. Diddy. Um, But then we look back, we take a step back and we look at P. Diddy's last relationship, which ended between him and Cassie, a younger woman who right after leaving P. Diddy, went on to marry her trainer and had two children with her exercise trainer. Um, And here's another thing where we see a woman who, she seems talented. I don't really know Cassie. I think majority of Cassie didn't, like we didn't get to know who she was as a person, right? Cassie showed a little bit of herself in her music. And I don't think, I think everything that Puff Daddy touches, allegedly, everything he touches, especially when it comes to music, it goes to shit. Look at Day 26, look at Danity Kane, look at the making the band shit. Like, I mean, P. Diddy was not what I want. Like, I mean, I was like, what? Fuck it, right? P. Diddy was trash back then. Probably still is trash. But P. Diddy's at an age now where he's settled into a, a, a lifestyle that he had. And then here comes Carisha, young, 
a little naive still because I'm going to be real fucking realistic because that's what we're taught. Let's talk more about the, the nativity of that young girl because at the end of the day, if you are tricking with Diddy and you're looking to get something out of it, whoever is on your team management-wise, I hope that the deal that you made to get this podcast on his TV show, Jason, I hope that you've written something in it where it is 100% yours. Yeah, that whatever it is that he's doing, it's 100% yours. He doesn't have no ties to it because I'm going to tell you, there are women out there who are so naive by the look, the flash, all the shit, the yachts and Capri, because, you know, right now they in Capri booth. And so she's showing off and doing her pictures and because that's the life that she has said she wanted to do, be, you know, she got to have that life. Um, but then she was like, oh, we go together. And that, I think, triggered a lot of women because a lot of women on Twitter were like, yeah, it sounds great to act. We go together real bad. It was like a meme. It became a meme um, because nowadays we take every little thing and we push it into a meme and people start jumping on the bandwagon and going. But the underlying thought of we go together real bad is that Carisha asked that question versus him being the man asking her what their relationship looks like and how they identify their relationship. 90% of the time, women identify and label their relationship. Men don't do that shit. Okay. There's a handful of men that would say, oh, this is my girlfriend or this is my wife. But 90% of them say, oh, this is my friend. They do not label at all. Women, of course, we are glutton for punishment. So what we do, we label, we label our shit. We'd be like, you know what? He, my man after two days or yeah, that's my boyfriend after a month. Yeah. We live together. Yeah. We go together. Um, he ain't claiming you. You asking him what we are has signified so many things for other women who are like constantly trying to define a relationship that does not have any definition. Get it in your head that because you want it, because everybody said, oh, Carisha's real in love with P. Diddy. You could tell that she's this, she's that. And I, I could say maybe she's like playing herself, enjoying the life, and ain't nothing wrong with that because she's young and she can afford to live that part. But you also got to remember that you have children who are um, attached to you. She's not a, a childless person. She has two children, one from her teenage years, and now she has her um, daughter um, by Southside. And he said that, you know, him and Carisha, they're cool. They co-parent together very well. And, you know, things look great between the two of them. But I just feel like I want to see what m more comes out of Carisha, because when I saw her on Horrible Decision, I didn't know her. Um, and I think the more she comes out and, and here's the thing, I'm not sure if her reserve is great for a podcast host. Carisha sits very reserved. Carisha is very quiet. And I don't know why 
that's coming off on her show. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it from a different perspective. But if you guys have watched Carisha, please just pay attention to how she is as a host. I think because we know that hosts are very like upfront and sturdy and, you know, playful and talking. And Carisha looks like she's uncomfortable in that seat. I don't know what it is. That's just my opinion. But the last episode that she did, which was episode three of the podcast, she brought on JT and Saucy Santana. And what made me wanted to talk about her in this episode really is because I have just started watching Rap Shit, which is um, by Issa Rae and it's on HBO. And it's basically geared towards the life of the city girls, right? And um, if you stay tuned to the next episode, you'll hear all my take on rap shit. So when I look at her and JT and they talked about their relationship as friends and they kind of try to um, explain how the city girls came about, um, Carisha said that this wasn't for her, like she wasn't interested in rapping. She said, when she really think about it, she gets the most hate out of the two of them. She also talked about them um, being told like when they first got into like the label and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, y'all gonna do this album and then we're gonna work on your solo album. She was like, what? Like that's not, that wasn't the deal. She said that she never wanted to go solo. They both said it. They were like, we're not trying to go solo. We're the city girls and we're trying to be the city girls and we're going to do it. And then some of the questions were asking JT, how does she feel with Carisha being in the spotlight and people saying to her, well, Carisha got her podcast. What does JT have? And, you know, Saucy Santana, I love him. And I really think like him being their friend and understanding like the dynamic that they bonded with as, as a trio. Um, he stated like, you know, he's always been her supporter. Like JT, you're very talented. You know, when you're ready, do what you got to do, come out the gate and do what you got to do. And JT, um, I saw a different side of JT on this podcast than I did on Horrible Decision. I don't know if when JT came out of jail and she was on Horrible Decision, her mentality was like, damn, we got to eat. So I got to get city girls together. So city girls this, city girls that. Now here on Carisha Please, it's more like she's living in LA with her boyfriend, um, Lil Uzi Vert. They're in a relationship and she's enjoying that relationship lifestyle. And then Carisha is, I guess, still in Miami um, and she got her kids and she's living the life and doing things. She's doing her podcast. She's out and about. She's, you know, they're featured on different albums, different people. I think the, the sophomore album to the City Girls didn't really pop like we thought it would. For me, I feel like there were like maybe three or four songs on the album that I was like, okay, yeah, I could, this was good. I think the pandemic probably caused some issues with that album not rising where it need to. But as I sat and I watched Carisha and JT engage with each other, I am not sure if JT 
still has that city girl mentality. I'm not sure if she, they will make an album that will pop again to show the city girl that we know. I do believe they're working on their third album. I think so. I'm not sure yet. Don't quote me on that, but I do believe they are. And I still love the city girls. I think the city girls are needed like Megan Thee Stallion, Money Long, and all the other new up-and-coming women artists, I think we need them, like Lizzo and, you know, all these women that showing out with empowerment. Um, We need them. We really do need them in today's society. I think, you know, Nicki Minaj just dropped um, Super Freak or some crap like that. And I say crap because that's how I feel about the song. I, I... I like Nicki Minaj, but for some odd reason, I don't like this song and I don't know what it is. It's super freaky girl. Um, And I'm not sure why I don't like it. I just don't know, but I'm not a fan of it. But anywho, that's just me. That's just me, not you. You can like it if you want to. I mean, I ain't mad at you if you do, but I don't know where Nicki is going with her music. And... I find that a lot of times their personal life is stemming over to their professional life. And so things are starting to get warped. And I really would like to see something different from Nicki Minaj. I know Cardi B is supposed to be coming out with a new album. So I'm interested to hear what that sounds like in the future when it drops. But in the meantime, I will continue to listen to Queen Bay. Um, and wait for Act Two to drop, whenever that may be. And then um, I'm have I'm guessing that you know her birthday is September fourth, which is right around the corner. So I'm thinking that maybe she might start dropping her albums, the next three albums, either on her birthday in that little realm. Because I'm like, when do we hear those other acts? Because I'd like to know what you got up your sleeve. Megan The Stallion, I'm gonna continue to support um, Megan through this whole process of her trying to get away from her label. Um, And I know that she's seeing an end to that tunnel, right? She's getting to the end of the tunnel and she's like, oh my God, there's that light at the end of it. And it's just so happy to see her finally break free from 1501 Entertainment. Um, Like I said, the city girls, the city girls ain't city girling. That's just me. The city girls ain't city girling. Uh, but I would like to see more. I hope that the next um, episode of Carisha Please actually shows a different side of her as a host because I think she's being fed her questions. And because she's being fed her questions, she doesn't have the natural personality to like bring it off. It's more like reading like a teleprompter, in my opinion. And I want to see more of her being herself and asking questions based off of what she want to know from the person she's interviewing. I think they sound generic. Like even with the Kevin Gates um, interview, you know, some of the shit he was saying, and I call it shit because some of the shit that Kevin Gates was really saying to me, I just felt like he was talking all over the place. He's like, you know, she asked him questions about the song with him and Drika did he really make that song about Drika cheating on him? And he was going all around the world. And I just felt like he was doing it to evade from the fact that he doesn't want to paint a bad image of his wife, ex-wife, if they're 
divorced or whatever, separated. I think he didn't want to paint that image that maybe she stepped out in the relationship, but his song alleged that she did. And I didn't think he really answered that question the right way. Then he brought up the talk about sleeping with his cousin. And I just felt like, okay, this is it. It was getting cringed. Um, but I do respect him as a man for talking about mental health issues and trying to commit suicide and, you know, interacting with somebody that actually kind of stopped him from committing suicide that day. Um, a lot of times mental health is very hard for men, especially black men, to address. And we see it with Kanye West and people calling Kanye West a clown versus really understanding that mental health is real and that, you know, Kanye West was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And it's very serious. 80% of bipolar is going to be passed down from a family because it's generational. Out of the four children that he had with Kim Kardashian, one of them, or likely more than one, will either show signs of bipolarism. It could be the oldest or it could be the youngest. It, it doesn't matter who, but one of his children will have bipolar um, issues and there's something that she needs to understand or get, you know, evaluated to see if she shows any of her children show signs of bipolarism because it is hereditary and it's inevitable. Um, so, you know, Kevin Gates talking about his mental health and where he was at mentally, like, I'm glad that men are now more so discussing mental health, but I wish other men who out there don't understand how to allow themselves to show a, that, you know, they're going through some kind of anxiety or some kind of mental, um, breakdown does not emasculate you. It just makes you show that you are being aware and attentive and showing up for yourself so that you can seek and get the help that you need. So on that note, we're going to wrap up this week's episode and I'll talk to you and I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye guys. You're listening to the Let's Talk More podcast hosted by me, Sinclair Vaughn, where we discuss topics people don't go deeper into. Join me every week and let's talk more.